You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. You can join in by emailing any comments or questions you may have to justwomen at brooklynsradio.co.uk or check us out on Facebook. Search for Just Women at Brooklyn's Radio. Just Women is just what you need. Welcome to Just Women with me, Ivana O'Brien, introducing some more interesting interviews recorded remotely by our Just Women team. We have on the show today Amanda Weller, chatting to Fiona Ross about coaching for men, specifically solutions for them facing burnout, anxiety or personal crises. I will be talking to Erica Petri, the founder of Shades of Different, raising awareness of some of the challenges facing children with disabilities and in particular Down syndrome. And closing out the show will be Jackie Mitchell speaking to Teresa Clark, who provides one-to-one tailored dog training, which I'm guessing with the rising people who got puppies recently is very much needed. So to start the programme today, we have Amanda Weller chatting to Fiona Ross. Fiona is founder of Coaching for Men. Through cutting-edge coaching programmes, she aims to support men in creating a balanced and equitable masculinity within themselves so they can feel confident, strong and able to impact their world in a positive way, ultimately to be fulfilled, happy men. Welcome to the show, Fiona. Thank you, Amanda. Lovely to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. Before we get on to talking about um, everything that you're up to right now, could you yeah. just fill us in a little bit about how you got to what you're doing now and how a bit I, about I your background? Yeah, mm. sure. Um, so I've, I've been um, running a, a coaching and hypnotherapy practice for about 10 years now. So I've been seeing all sorts of people for different reasons, for fears and phobias and things like that. And a couple of years ago, um, I was at the One Woman Conference in London um, and we were doing a process where we were looking at the legacy that we're leaving for our children and our grandchildren. We'd been looking at our ancestry and how um, there were 64 people that had to survive seven generations ago for you and I to be sitting here today. And the question was, who are we one of 64 people for seven generations to come? And uh, we ran through this process into that seven generations into the future. And what did we see? And I kind of saw a bit of an Armageddon. It was like, do you remember the movie WALL-E where everything was destroyed and there was just this little tiny, little tiny shoot that was showed that there was still life on the planet. It was quite a, it was quite a disturbing image of, of what we were going to achieve if we carried on the tra- trajectory that we were on. So then the question was, what, you know, coming back through those generations, what is it that I'm going to be doing today that is going to impact that future that I saw? And I was in a room of 400 women and there was some amazing women and I'm fully 100% behind the, you know, the, the power of women and the difference that we can make in the world. But I was struck by this um, sense that, yeah, but not without the men. So, yeah, it was very, it was very much a feeling of, of, yes, we need to change the world. Yes, women can make a huge impact, but not at the expense of the men. And I realized that there's an awful lot of work to be done with bringing men up to speed, if you like, with the changes that are taking place in the world right now and, and having them able to be balanced in their masculinity because right now we're seeing massive mental health issues with men. We're seeing suicide rates that have been unprecedented really. And, and it's, it's not right that men should be struggling in, in this, in this way. 
so that's where coaching for men was born okay what i was very struck by the seven generations thing as well because that's mm. an, a very um ancient um tribal thing isn't it where decisions are made very much from the perspective of well it's not about us it's not about our children or grandchildren but you know what will serve them in seven generations time and everything is so short term at the moment when you think of the way businesses are run for example you yes. know it the, the the furthest they seem to look ahead in the future from what i can gather from just the the observations amongst my family and friends who are in the business you know who are in the work world you know if it's a corporation they don't look further than the next quarter no no, and we should, we need to be planning. I mean, I was watching um, an interview with Richard Attenborough yesterday and, you know, we've got 10 years to, to turn the planet around and women can't do this alone. We don't want to do it alone. You know, I, I'm a mum of a son and, you know, I have a partner and I'm a daughter of a, you know, from a father. I love men and I want them to feel strong and empowered and and have that have that vision that that we need to do something something has to change and something has to change quickly but not at their expense no i obviously i totally agree with that um so how do you go what what in um in broad terms how do you work with people um as, as individuals for example so um i run a, i run various programs i have a i have a short program that is really for a single issue so if if a man's just struggling with something that's that's very small um maybe it's a fear or a phobia that's holding him back from achieving something he wants i have a four week program but my main program is a three month program where we really dig deep into his vision for his life and his world his values his needs really it's really about balancing him as a as a man so he can deal with all the things that he has to deal with in everyday life and also pass on that legacy to his children so we so we bring up children that are equitable and fair and thoughtful and decent and want to care for the planet for the next seven generations mm. so um do do your clients tend to find you themselves? Is it uh, members of their friends and or is it friends and family who who point them in your direction? And and what are the? I mean, everybody's an individual, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but there, I'm sure there must be common um, traits that are things that you um, often come across. Yes, and here's and here's the rub, really, because men. Um, well, let's say the masculine has a tendency to think they can fix it by themselves. So a lot of men that are struggling are struggling in silence and they've got that feeling that, well, if I ignore it, it might go away or um, I've got the tools, I can fix it somehow. And if they leave it too long, they find that they can't. And that's when they start making silly mistakes and maybe they start drinking too much or having an affair or, you know, one of the many things that can actually lead to the destruction of everything that they love and cherish in their lives and that they've worked so hard to achieve. Um, so very often it's the women in their lives that, that give them that push. You know, they can see that they're suffering. They, they can see that things aren't going well for them. And it's the, the little push of you need to go and get some help. You need to get somebody to help you with this. 
And uh, so, yeah, it's very often wives, daughters and mums who are the instigators of them actually getting the help that they need. Mm. So your sort of classic things you would say are of, of showing these signs of stress would be the uh, turning to alcohol or, or you know, or, or what I yeah, want. So, so and... it, it could be it could be breakdown in the relationship. It could be getting angry for the wrong things, you know, shouting mm. at the kids because they're very stressed at work, prioritizing work over everything else. I mean, they're quite typical signs. You know, I'm sure many women recognize these things. Mm. Um, lack of intimacy can be, a, can be in, um, something that, that comes into their world. It, it's, there are so many little things, withdrawal, opting out, you know, just not facing things, not being able to deal with stuff and just just kind of walking away from things can be a can be a sign but i think you know most people know there's something that's not right and they will ask the question what's the matter and they will get oh everything's fine everything's fine and it's it's kind of allowing that answer to be there but still saying well i can see that it's not fine and i think you know maybe you should go and talk to somebody about it mm. and that's that's the tricky thing isn't it because mm. actually sometimes it's sometimes it can be possible to see it relatively easily from the outside but actually um mm. uh, uh, accepting it from a personal perspective can be quite tricky and i think that's that's yeah. the thing isn't it it's, Take, it's the analogy of the swan you know with the you know on the on the top everything looks serene and fine and i'm dealing with all of this and it's absolutely great and underneath they are paddling like crazy and i i was talking to a gentleman earlier on this year um in lockdown and he had sought help in the past and i said well what what was it that that made you seek help and he said you know he's got a great wife and she she'd pushed him in that direction and i was like wow that's amazing i'm, I'm you know re- really pleased that you did get the help and he said oh don't get me wrong I was in a burning house surrounded by crocodiles, you know, so it really seems to need to get to crisis point for men before they go, Oh, okay, I'll, I'll get the help. And, and I've kind of got this whole idea that get them before you go to crisis, you know, don't get into that point where we're in a burning house surrounded by crocodiles. Yes. I saw that quote on your website. I thought that's such an amazing quote. And, and yes, it's that thing of actually, um recognizing and being willing to it's quite a brave thing to want to to decide you want to go for help I think a lot of people would feel very vulnerable doing that as well wouldn't they um well courage and vulnerability are two sides of the same coin there's nobody did ever did anything courageous who wasn't completely vulnerable at the same time and nobody who did anything vulnerable that wasn't completely courageous at the same time so so really it is plugging into that courage to um, to actually step out and go, I need some help with this. Mm. Mm. I Yes, absolutely. So you, I was um, fishing around doing a bit of research before we um, got together. <laughs> Do my research. <laughs> um, and I saw you published a book. Yes. Uh, yes, that was a few years ago now, wasn't it? It was, mm. yeah, Emotion Lotion. Um, that came about from actually a conversation with a client of, of saying, well, you know how you, you have to clean your teeth every day. And if you don't clean your teeth every day, you're going to get dental problems. It's the same thing with your mind. There are things that you need to do every day that can support your mental health 
so you don't have to get to the point where you've got mental health problems. And, you know, we live in a world, especially now, we live in a very uncertain world. We live in a world full of, of um, you know, fear and propaganda and all sorts of things coming our way for us to deal with. And, and having techniques and ways of supporting our mind through this is so important. You know, yeah. we, we look after our bodies. We go and have massages. We go to the gym. You know, we do all sorts of things to look after our physical health. We need to have those same kinds of exercises that are going to support our mental health as well. Yeah. yeah. So in your program, what, um, what tools do you, because you have a hypnotherapy background and yeah. an NL, neuro-linguistic NLP. planning, NLP. Um, yeah. And so you have various different things that you use. And you, do you use all of these in your current work? Or how, what sort of tools do you give your clients to use? I have, I have a large toolkit. Um, of yeah, as you say, I've got coaching skills. I'm a trained coach, and I'm a hypnotherapist, and I'm an NLP practitioner. So I have a lot of tools in my tool belt. Um, so there's a the, the three month program has a a framework to it, um, but then I introduce different tools along the way. One of which are the masculine archetypes. So we we look at at masculinity and look at where those archetypes might be in expression in a balanced way, overexpressed or underexpressed. And we very, work to balance very interesting. that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. I see we were, we're very close to running out of time. Mm. So you, you use six of these archetypes I read. Well, yes. I, I've actually, I've actually just introduced as, 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 as yes, six. Yes. And I have, that's right. I have introduced six. So yes. Yeah, so we've got the King, we've got the warrior, we have the sorcerer, we have the father, the lover and the hero. So these are all very strong parts of, of who men are. Um, and if we're overexpressing, we're going to get unbalanced results in life. And if we're underexpressing, we're going to get unbalanced results. So it's really about balancing them all up. So you've kind of got this team of, of go-to strengths and traits that you can rely on in, in different circumstances. Yeah, I, I love that. So it gives a it gives a, a handle on how to get balance in different aspects mm. of character and in different situations. Yeah, really useful yeah. thing to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. So so depending on what it is you're trying to achieve, you would you would we work on embodying them so the man can really access them. And so, you know, if it is that he's got to create structure and boundaries, then he's going to get into his king state and he's going to find it a lot easier from that state to have those conversations. This is also interesting. We could chat for ages, but do you know what? We are running out of time, Fiona. So um, if somebody wanted to get hold of you, what is the best way for them to do that? Check out my website. It's um, www.fiona-ross.co.uk or .com. Both will get you there. Um, I'm on Facebook. There's a Fiona Ross Coaching for Men page that you can look at. There's a closed private group for men as well. So obviously the men can check in there. Um, And I'm on LinkedIn. So Google me, I guess, is the answer. (laughs) That's very comprehensive, Fiona. Thank you so much. You're Um, very welcome. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. And And thank um, you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a delight. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye. That was Fiona Ross of Coaching for Men. Thanks, Amanda and Fiona. That sounds like something I might signpost my husband for. Stay with us. After our ad break, I'm chatting with Erica Petrie, founder of Shades of Different, and you might be shocked by a fact that's revealed in this interview. You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. 
I'm so glad you're open. Thank goodness you're here. Do you ever close? Did you know the pharmacy at 20 Church Street, Weybridge is open 100 hours every week to meet your immediate medical needs? We're here for you from 7am to 11pm weekdays, 7am to 9pm Saturdays and 10am to 4pm on Sundays. Our friendly and knowledgeable team can provide you with the advice you need, as well as helping you with repeat prescriptions, all the -the over-the-counter products you would expect and if you can't get in to visit us, we will deliver to you. The Pharmacy, 20 Church Street, Weybridge. We're here when you need us, 100 hours every week. Billy Tong is your Cobham-based biltong and dry vores company. You'll love our fabulous biltong with 16 flavours like wet and fatty, Mrs. Ball's chilli chutney and amazing dry vores. We also sell amazing bora vores. And why don't you try our party catering? Billy Tong is part of the Surrey Hills Initiative and we sell online and at farmers markets like Ripley, Cobham, Horsley and Cranley to name but a few. Visit our website billytong.com or call Mark on 07789 755 504. Billy Tong, it's time to give your taste buds the taste of home. Hello, my name's Sarah Chaplin and every Thursday night I host a show called Jazz London Live at 10 o'clock until midnight and each week I play a selection of jazz, funk, fusion and Latin. I feature an interview in the first hour of the show with somebody on the British jazz scene, a gig guide rounding up the gigs in the week to come and in the second hour of the show there's Album of the Week in which I play three tracks from a brand new album that's just come out and also a long track in the second hour of the show to help you wind down uh, to bedtime on a Thursday evening Uh, it gets a bit more mellow towards the end of the show so if you love jazz you're going to love this show Jazz London Live on Brooklyn's Radio if you're not sure whether you like jazz give it a try you might find there's some tracks in there that you really love This is Just Women every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on Brooklyn's Radio So second up on the show today is me chatting with Erica Petri founder of Shades of Different Okay, welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for finding the time to come on and raise awareness of this wonderful cause. So tell us about it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Ivana. Yes, it's Shades of Different, shadesofdifferent.com, which is a website that we've launched. It's an awareness-raising campaign to raise awareness of differently abled children, and in particular children with Down syndrome. My youngest daughter, Michaela, uh, has Down syndrome, and... um, Four years ago, um, she nearly died. She contracted sepsis following a bite from another child at school. And we were in hospital for four days um, and it was touch and go. And during that time, I wrote a song. And the song was basically what I thought um, she would say if she could speak. It was trying to give her a voice. And it was a bit of a cry for help at the time because I thought I was going to lose her. Uh, and uh, fortunately, uh, God spared her life. And so I said to myself, right, well, I'm going to do something with this. I'm going to make this into an awareness raising campaign to improve the lives for these children, to improve their opportunities, their role models uh, and possibilities for the future. Because these uh, children and all differently able children have proved that if they're given the right opportunities, they can really flourish. And there's nothing that they can't do at the end of the day. So. Of course. And I picked out a couple of lines that I thought were really poignant, where, where you say, I may be different, develop at a different pace, but there is nothing more special than the warmth of my embrace, which I kind of yeah, thought yeah. summed up um, children with Down syndrome, because they're so loving, aren't they? So loving and affectionate and, and also so determined and resilient and tough. I mean, Michaela has always been really, really strong. 
um, and she hasn't let anything stop her or phase her physically. There's nothing that she's not able to do. You know, she's fantastic on the trampoline. She's a fantastic underwater swimmer. She's done horse riding. She's done everything outdoorsy. She is so clever and climbing and spinning. She can spin around for hours on end without losing her balance. <laughs> you know, she's so strong. She's still on ver- on non-verbal, unfortunately. But I was going in- to ask you that, actually. How do you communicate? Do you, as a family, do you use Macaton at all? Uh, a little bit, yes, and pictures and, and real objects are what she most connects with, and she's got a good eye contact, and she makes herself understood, like if she wants a drink, she'll bring you her drinks up, um, and she'll gravitate towards the radiator or fonts of heat if she's cold, uh, and she knows when it's mealtime, she's very much a creature of habit and routine, so she'll gravitate towards her chair, and she'll sit in her chair and wait patiently for her meal. Um, you know, she's, she's, she's a little character, really, and oh. she, she knows what she wants, and... Uh, she will get it. <laughs> and there's a reason you want to raise awareness of Down syndrome more than other disabilities, isn't there, Erica? Tell us about that. Yes, I think, I think um, basically with, with Down syndrome, the real travesty is that um, they've now, since the beginning of the year, they've now legalised the fact that you can be offered an abortion at 38 weeks, which is practically full term. And I think it's an absolute travesty. Uh, and particularly, you know, in general with disabilities, you don't really tend to find out um, with um, tests and stuff beforehand uh, whether you've got a child uh, that's different or not, like for, with autism or whatever. You just find out afterwards and you get on with it. And I, I don't see why it should be any different with Down syndrome. I mean, Down syndrome is no better or no worse than any other disability. In fact, it's not a disability. It's it's a disservice to actually call it, call it a disability because these children are differently able. They, they can do different things. We're all different anyway. You know, what what's normal anyway? Anyway, we all do things at different times and we all, all got different developmental milestones and whatever. So, um, but yeah, I find it an absolute travesty that it's actually permitted to abort a child full term. I, I think that's an absolute disgrace. I mean, not, not only is it harrowing for the mother and the family, but it must be harrowing for the medical staff as well to have to go through that. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and, and yeah, no, I, I, I just don't think it's right. I mean, okay, you know, there is an element of choice, but I don't think it's yeah, right it's that late on in yeah. pregnancy. And you say also as well on your website that Downs is most discriminated against in relation to therapies and treatments. So how does that manifest? In what way does that happen? Is it, does it take longer to get access or...? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's just difficult because I think a lot of professionals, they, they're still um, stuck in the past, you know, when these um, um, Down syndrome people were, were segregated and weren't given the same opportunities as us. So even when Michaela was born, they told me she was going to die at 40 and whatever, and nothing could be further from the truth. You know, these days they've got a normal life expectancy, and if they're included and given the same opportunities as us, um, there's nothing that they can't do. But often, you know, I've, I've been um, faced up to professionals saying to me, well, with Michaela, what will be, will be. Like, it's like they've given up on her before they've yeah. even tried. And um, so, yeah, it, it's a daily battle for me. I still haven't got her educational healthcare plan saying exactly what it should say in terms of the therapies that she needs and whatever. And she's still not getting those week in, week out, how she should do to be able to advance sufficiently from a speech and communication point of view. Um, yeah. And for her, it's actually vital that she has the occupational therapy as well as the speech therapy because her sensory barriers are so strong and she, she, she really needs both therapies hand in hand to be able to join the dots and to be able to get to the speech. But she is showing a willingness to communicate and she does vocalise sometimes. So we need to be able to try and move her forward on that. Of course. I mean, talking about Mickey, she currently attends Bowcroft Foundation School, doesn't she? Yeah. 
That's right. And that is actually one of the charities because as well as an awareness raising campaign, this is also a fundraising campaign for five different charities that have supported us along the way. And one of the charities that we're supporting with this venture is Friends of Bowcroft, which is the fundraising side of the school, which is run by parents to be able to... Um, perhaps organise uh, minibuses to take them into the community, um, all vital things that give them these life skills that they need um, and um, organise uh, fundraising evenings like bingo nights and stuff like that. So uh, the funding really goes uh, invaluably towards supporting these charities. There's two Down Syndrome charities that we're supporting, smaller Down Syndrome charities, because the idea is that we want to give a voice to these children and to these smaller charities that are not always well known at the same time. So there's one of the charities actually based in Surrey, in fact, in your neck of the woods, 21 and co, uh, where we used to live. And they supported us with pre and postnatal support when we lived in the area and whatever. And the other is also a parent run Down syndrome charity in this area in Dorset um, called uh, Downright Perfect. Um, and they also um, part fund therapies for children to make it easier for parents to access the therapies that their children so vitally need. Um, and then we've got Dorset Children's Foundation. Our Dorset Children's Foundation during lockdown, they were absolutely phenomenal because they regularly delivered toys and activities to our children door to door to make sure that they still had activities and things they could do during lockdown so they weren't getting bored and giving ideas to the parents to be able to entertain them. So that, so that was invaluable as well. I was say, during COVID for some of these families, not having that respite care must have been really challenging. Yes, it was. So, yeah, I mean, the charities did their best to keep in touch with us via social media and and suggest activities and even sort of run certain activities via Zoom and things like that and send us packages and, and, and things that the children could actually do at home. Um, and the other charity that I haven't mentioned yet is... Um, Within Diverse Abilities, which is actually a large charity, we have Coping with Chaos and Project My Time, which are projects that they, smaller projects that they run that are not as well known but have been invaluable to us. Project My Time, Michaela can go along and she can actually access a one to one to support her uh, during um, play activities and stuff like that. And they get to access things like um, perhaps um, Ringo's. Um, or, or things like that, which they wouldn't normally access with a one-to-one and really have fun and enjoy themselves. And, and coping with chaos are also play opportunities that are run for the children during the holidays, but the difference is that parents go along to these and they may, maybe um, you know talk to other parents in the meantime, whatever, but they're there to also keep an eye on their child. There's, so the um, Beaufort Foundation School where my, my, Nikki attends, is that uh, boarding or does she come home every day? Or No, no, she, come home, she comes home every day, but it's a special school and she's in a small class where there's sort of you know four or five in her class, basically, and the ratio is two to one. They've got two wow. teachers and two TAs and, uh, yeah, so it's very well. I mean, you mentioned some of the activities. When I was reading on your website about some of the things that she gets involved in, wow, I mean, she's on the go all the time. She's a really outdoors girl, isn't she? Oh, she loves being outdoors. And in fact, it's been fantastic that during lockdown, she's had so many opportunities in the garden and whatever. We've got trampoline as well and whatever, and she really enjoys it. I think now with the, with the weather not being so good, she's going to really miss being in the garden quite so much, whatever, because she thrives on being outdoors. She yeah. loves running around and jumping and climbing, and, and she always finds something to do and keep herself occupied. Brilliant. I know that something else you want to promote, uh, Erica, is the live blog. And I've read some really yeah. interesting articles on there, but you tell us about 
some of the things. That yeah, we've recently launched the live blog, which we're really proud of. And the idea is that we really wanted to, to have a platform for parents and anyone involved with children who are differently able, not just Down syndrome, but all different abilities, to be able to really showcase what these children can do, their stories, to be able to really promote exchange and, and, and um, you know, opinion in real time so that parents can exchange opinions and whatever and, and share what these what these individuals can do and really prove that with the right opportunities they can really thrive and i was really interested in the story of ellie goldstein a teenage model yes that's right and she's she's um the face of uh, gucci now as well so yeah it's fantastic what she's been able to do and um, you were telling me earlier as well about um a couple that got married that's right. Yeah. I mean, Heidi Crowther and James Carter got married in the summer and Heidi Crowther is, she's a phenomenal public speaker. She can really speak. And she, when the law came out that, that uh, was legalizing full-term abortion for Down syndrome children, she stood up on that podium and she really said her piece and, uh, you know, hats off to her because she can really express herself. So some of these Down syndrome children can really express themselves as well. You know, it's, they're not to be underestimated. No, we've got gymnasts not. we've got actors and actresses we've got you know we've got we've got we've got a in um uh, spain there was even a um a teacher wow. who was teaching um you know primary school children and it was her lifelong dream to be able to do that and she was actually discriminated against that school and then she just turned around the the you know the the, the mindset of these people until she got herself a job teaching primary school children herself. and they love her because she's so in touch with her childlike side and she was able to communicate with them at their level, their level and, exactly. and read with them or whatever and they they just loved her and all the parents in, fell in love with her as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I, I can't believe we've come to the end of our interview. I wish I'd had longer to chat to you. I think the work that you're doing, Erica, is really inspirational. If yeah, people... what, what, what we would really like to do ultimately, if we can, and I'm looking into it, is the possibility of making Shades of Different a charity in its own right. And then we can really raise funds to run our own music therapy sessions, particularly music, because this was all born from a song, which also we've, we've got a video of as well, featuring Mickey and all these different able children. Sure. And um, it's, we've put sign language on it as well, so we've really made it international now. Yes. So if we transform into a charity in our own right, it's going to take time and paperwork and whatever, but then we can run these music therapy sessions. We can really fill gaps in the church and the community with messy play and stuff like that that normally they can't access. Of course. Make sure that we've got more to offer. So if people want to contact you to offer their support, how can they do that? What's the website again, Erica? Yeah, shadesofdifferent.com, which, by the way, we made into a .com because we wanted to be international. We wanted to reach families and communities all over the world. Um, and yeah, please. I mean, there's a contact page. You can contact me via the contact page, or you can use my email, ericachadesofdifferent.com, which is also on the website. And you can send me an article or share your story, you know, with a picture. I'd love that, so we can Brilliant. continue to expand the live blog. And there's a there's um, a button, a fundraising button at the end of each page, a donate button, so you can donate to any of the charities if you want to That's contribute. Great. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Okay, thank you so much, Erica. So that's Erica Petri from shadesofdifferent.com. I'm sure you'll all agree, a really heartwarming story. And we hope lots more people will lend their support for such a great cause. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And now we're going to play a song Erica wrote the lyrics for called Different. The song was written to give Michaela and children like her, who are different, a voice and express what they would say if they were verbal.
different lyrics written by Erica Petri. I'm sure you'll agree a very moving song. Please stay with us because after our ad break we'll be back with Jackie Mitchell chatting to our final guest Teresa Clark from Calm Lab Dog Training so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. Sound familiar? With more people working at home and less time to worry about our posture it's unsurprising that back and neck pain, migraines and sciatica are all on the rise. Luckily, there's somewhere that's got your back. West Chiropractic in West Byfleet prides itself on being a practice helping people from Surrey and beyond with enthusiasm, experience and expertise. With plenty of five-star reviews, it's a place you truly can trust. Book a free discovery visit now to speak with one of their expert chiropractors and find out how to move forward with a program tailored to your situation. Visit them online at westchiropractic.co.uk. There's no doubt that running a business is tough, but at the moment, it's even tougher than ever. And that's where we can help. 
Plan C are a team of Surrey business professionals offering free advice for local businesses during these testing times. We offer solutions to your most pressing business challenges. From marketing to human resources, PR to Google ads, business strategy to website design. Post your questions at yourplanc.co.uk. We'll put them to the team and come back to you with our thoughts, observations and most importantly, practical solutions. It's a free service, so why not see if we can help? www.yourplanc.co.uk You don't need to turn an extra light on now that evenings are getting darker. You can lighten up your evenings by listening to Modern Age Middle Life. Saves electricity. Saves electricity and it's a comedy podcast that's on the middle Friday of every month on Brooklyn's Radio 7.30. Listen in. This is Just Women every Tuesday at one o'clock on Brooklyn's Radio. Welcome back to Just Women. We now have a treat with Jackie Mitchell talking to Teresa Clark from Calm Lab Dog Training. So dog owners in particular, stay tuned. Hello there, Teresa. Hello, how are you? Very well, thanks. And thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, what would be very good to find out is a bit about your background, what you did before you formed the Calm Lab. Yes. Um, you always worked with dogs. No, I haven't always worked with dogs. I've always worked with animals on and off. Um, so give you a brief um, uh, rundown of what I've done during my life. Um, when I left school, I worked with um, horses for two or three years. Um, so it gained quite a lot of knowledge there about animals in general. Um, then I left there thinking that I, I loved it. I loved every minute of that, but I thought that I ought to build a proper career. I was never going to be a jockey or a show jumper or anything. So yes. <laughs> I thought I'd better build a, a, a career. Um, so I uh, studied for to be a chartered legal executive. Um, and that's what I was doing um, for 30 odd years. And did you, did you always have dogs as pets? Yes, I, I had dogs as pets, um, particularly when my son was little. Uh, we always had uh, dogs, um, mainly Labradors, um, but we also had some Jack Russells as well. Um, and always had cats up until a few years ago. Obviously, I don't combine cats with dogs too much if I can avoid it. But, yes, um, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but always had cats on and off. So, yeah, I've always um, loved animals and enjoyed animals. Um, and about four years ago, I acquired my Labrador, Ellie, uh, in the past with all my animals. I'd never really had any problems with them. They just integrated into the family really nicely, and I didn't really have to do much training. I took most of my dogs to obedience classes for the fun of it and, you know, for the learning element. Um, but in the main, they were absolutely fine. And um, then I got Ellie, uh, and she was a completely different personality, um, full of energy, highly excitable, highly sensitive to every sort of stimulation. Such um, as? What sort of stimulation do you mean? Uh, people, other animals, just grass, anything just anything um you know unless she was in a room on her own she was never really that calm but uh, to start with it was it was more over excitement and 
um, I did make some mistakes with her because, like a lot of people, I thought, well, with a high-energy dog, you just need to exercise them more. Um, but, of course, that's not actually the case, I found out later. We need to calm them down more. <laughs> right, and were you, were you able to take her walking in the park or was she sort of rushing over to all the other dogs all the time? I got to the stage where... Um, she's, she's always been friendly with dogs, but I got to the stage where she was scared of humans and was lunging and aggressive towards humans. And nothing bad had happened to her. Um, and it was getting to the stage where, yes, I could take her out because she's not a huge Labrador and I knew I could hold her, but it wasn't very nice for me. It wasn't very nice for other people and certainly wasn't very nice for her. Um, so I got to the stage where I couldn't really take her out and I embarked on finding out what had gone wrong here because, you know, I hadn't had that trouble before. She hadn't had any traumas. I'd had her from a puppy. Um, and to cut a long story short, I realised that, um, you know, some dogs are just highly sensitive and if we don't um, give them boundaries to understand what's acceptable and what's, what's not they just become more and more excitable. Their adrenaline builds up all the time because every day they're having a, either an exciting uh, day or an anxious day. Their adrenaline builds up and it just takes, uh, it never, never, em never empties. And is this uh, due to a medical condition, this overexcitement? No, no it's, it's exactly, personality. exactly the same as humans. Some humans are very calm. Some humans are highly, highly strong. Right, okay. And so how did you discover the solution? Um, I did a lot of courses, uh, dog training courses, all of them, you know, all, all the different methods. And I just found that although they do probably work for karma dogs, they didn't work for Ellie. And I was really getting nowhere. I was at the end of my tether, really. And then I started concentrating more on the uh, emotional side of it. I read a lot about human emotions and human psychology. And although, of course, dogs are very different to humans, um, you know, physiologically and instinctively, their brains work the same as ours. And, you know, they have adrenaline, <laughs> adrenaline spikes the same as us. So I realized that what I needed, and I took some um, clues from some of the courses that I'd done, but I realised that it, you know, it's all about trying to keep the adrenaline levels low so that they actually can think about things and learn things. Because if you're in a high, if you're in a high arousal state of mind all the time, you don't really learn anything and you don't make good decisions, and that goes for humans and animals. So I started using techniques that would just keep her um, to an acceptable level level of calmness and then when she met something that scared her or uh, she was overexcited by she never went too high you know in terms of adrenaline so she could actually cope with it with right. my help and support yes and, and um, what sort of techniques were these well but first of all I mean it, it, it would take longer than, than our time allocated to explain it all yes. but essentially and what I want what I needed to find when I decided to do this professionally I needed to find a quick method because most people don't have the time and patience that I actually had when I was dealing with Ellie um, and it's very difficult for people to spend as much time as is needed for usual methods where you're sort of building habits so I wanted to find a really quick method that was kind and gentle and easy 
So I found that the best, that, that there's three things. First of all, you know, boundaries. So many of us um, say to your dog, don't get up there. Oh, okay, you're up there. Don't pull on the lead. Oh, okay, well, we've got to get home. I'll let you pull me home because we don't know what to do to stop it. So mm-hmm. first thing is boundaries. We, we, mustn't, um, we mustn't proceed until our dogs are in the right state of mind. So if, for example, one of many examples, you're walking past a person that your dog is uncomfortable with, you have to notice how they're feeling. Are they feeling okay so that we can walk by if I put her to my side so that I'm between her and the trigger? Um, or is she so fearful, it would be better if I'm going the other way? Right. That way, you start to teach your dog that you will protect them no matter what. You will, you're there for them. You don't need to be scared. If I'm, you know, and and they start to trust you. If I'm saying it's okay to go past this person, it is okay. But if you can't handle it, let's walk away. The same as we would with a friend that was scared of something. Yes. Can you handle going by that? And they might say yes if you hold my hand, or yes if you, you know, walk between me and the thing that they're scared of yes of course well they yeah. might say no actually i can't cope with that at all in which case you'd say to your friend well let's let's leave it for another day sure. and that's how we should be thinking with our dogs and then eventually they have less situations where their adrenaline rises so their adrenaline lay, uh, stays at a more sensible level all of the time so that when it rises it's not going they're not going above threshold even oh. if they're even yeah. if they've been up with one of their triggers um, so that's sort of number one it's sort of boundaries I'm saying I will say to my dog no you can't run towards that person I'm going to block you and turn you around and go the other way so it's never allowed oh. them to just take just make their own decisions as to how they deal with a situation same with you know walking through doors I don't care if my dog walks through a door first but she mustn't be dragging me out the door you know she otherwise will just wait until she's calmer Okay, so now, so now you teach these techniques to um, other people and their dogs, and this is on a one-to-one basis. Do you do puppies as well, or is it only for adult dogs? I specialise in um, dogs that are highly anxious and highly overexcitable. Um, but really, if somebody would start with their puppy, they probably wouldn't have the problems in the first place. I find the difficulty is, and it's completely understandable, when somebody's got a new puppy that's excitable, you can see that it's excitable, but it's lovely, it's friendly, they don't anticipate they're going to have problems. And it's really only when they have problems (laughs) that they come to me. But I'd love to find a way of saying to people, you know, if you just um, do this from the start, you never have problems and you'll live a happy, peaceful life together. Of course. Through the trauma that, that you know people like I went through, and of course there are so many people struggling with their dogs, and so many dogs ending up in shelters, not because the owners are irresponsible, because they just don't know what to do. Yeah, and of course during lockdown, um, the number of dogs now um, has reached amazing proportions. So many people have now yes. taken on dogs. But yes. um, so are these courses, I'm assuming, are on, are they socially distanced in a park or are they online? Uh, I can do online, um, and I was doing online during the lockdown, of course. Um, I've now moved on to working with people in the garden, in, in their gardens. Uh-huh. And, and I usually do incorporate a short walk in the consultation, because that's 
one of the main problems people have. Um, so at the moment, I'm, I'm working in the garden, and because uh, I was initially thinking that I could start going around people's houses again, but of course now COVID cases are rising a little, I'll probably still opt for the garden, but nevertheless, it, you know, that works out quite well. Um, and on, a, yeah. on, on average, how many sessions do people have with you? One. Oh, really? Just so the one? Have, wow. So they have one session where they will learn everything they need to learn, and, and then I give free backup support if there's anything they haven't understood or they feel that something's not working. If something's not working, it's not because of the method. It's because either I haven't explained it properly or, um, or you know, something, some, some miscommunication has happened. Um, so I'm there to help people if they continue to have problems and to give encouragement of the course. Um, but that one session, you will know everything you need to know. Um, how to help your dog and yeah I've been there for the lifetime of your dog because that's although obviously you know is my business but the reason I do it or the main reason I do it is because I just don't want people to ever be in the situation I was in and I don't want all the dogs that are in shelters um, to be in shelters and of course it's lovely that so many people have got dogs during the lockdown because I think dogs are good for the soul so you know they could really help their owners but if they get an excitable dog, you know, it could end up in, you know, in the situation where they just don't know how to handle it. So, sure. well, let's hope they come to you and don't and don't put and don't rehouse the the, the dog. That's yeah, the thing. absolutely. And, uh, and yeah. uh, so, um, also, I saw from your website that you actually go on walks with people if they can't take their dog for a walk. Yeah. You actually yeah. go with them and and show them what yeah. to do. Yes, absolutely. And I, I do that in most of my consultations, unless that's not really a problem. Um, and I will also do that as a backup if anybody's still struggling. So, yes, I, I, I will do the walk because the walk is probably the most important. Most dogs feel safe, calm and happy indoors, but it's when they go out that all the distractions and the triggers arise. And one of the other issues, of course, is the is the barking and the yapping, isn't there? I mean, there, I think yeah. there was something on your website again about dogs who yap all the time. Uh, yeah. can, you, can you help with that? Yes, most of these things are stress-related, um, and they've just got this pent-up nervous energy that they've got to get rid of somehow. Um, and you know, very often, um, you know, it might it might be fear. They sometimes yap if there's people around that they don't know, or if they can hear noises. Um, and other times, it's just um, an almost um, trying to get attention barking. Um, so yes, uh, this, this method, it's, it's one method to solve all behaviours. There's not a different method for each behaviour. It solves oh, all yes. behaviours. Right. And how much does it cost? Well, um, it, if I do a three-hour consultation with free backup and a free lead, it's £300. Um, but I am trying to work out some more affordable versions that are still going to work. There's no point in doing having a more affordable version that's not going to work. So I'm trying to um, work out something for people that that's too much money for, especially at the moment. You know, people that, yes. um, and interestingly, on your, web, interesting, on your website, uh, you've got inside every dog is a good dog and inside every good dog is a great dog. Yes. Which I thought was a lovely maxim. That's, that's absolutely right. Dogs only want to please us. And if they're not able to please us, it's because they're not in, they don't have the right mindset. 
they're too you know it's like it's like with us you know the situation if you're overexcited or fearful you can't think straight can you no and it's the same for our dogs if they you know if they can't think straight they even forget we're there whereas a dog that's calm is wanting to please you they always want to know where you are you know they're they're family animals you know they like to be in a family group and they treat us as their their family which means that um the same as that in any family group in any business group in any animal group there has to be somebody making decisions not necessarily the same one all the time but there has to be somebody to make decisions otherwise it all falls apart there has you have to be able to trust your your group members um and for them to take their own responsibility so whereas a lot of training methods will teach a dog to do something they're doing it in return for something whereas we with this method it's more of a relational um uh, method where sure. they're, choosing, they're choosing to do something and they're learning how to calm themselves down and they're learning you know how to be peaceful in their own life so brilliant yeah. well, i'm afraid that's all we've got time for Teresa. but thank you well, so much for coming in <laughs> but thank you so much for coming in and talking to us would you like You're to welcome. give us your website details so we can get more information yes absolutely it's uh yeah calmlab.co.uk fantastic thank you very much Teresa thank you that was Teresa Clark dog trainer from the calm lab thank you Jackie and Teresa some really useful advice there so we'd like to thank all our guests today and just women that's Fiona Ross from fiona-ross.co.uk Erica Petrie from shadesofdifferent.com and Teresa Clark from calmlab.co.uk and a reminder as always that we're keen to hear about local women with interesting lives So if you know of someone you think would be great for our show or you'd like to come on yourself, please email justwomen at brooklandsradio.co.uk with their contact details and we'll get in touch with them. Details of past and future guests are on our website. That's brooklandsradio.co.uk forward slash justwomen. And you can find us on Facebook too at forward slash justwomen.br and Twitter at brooklandsradio. So thank you for listening and join us again next week for Just Women aired one o'clock on Tuesday, repeated eight o'clock on Thursday. Until then, it's goodbye from the Just Women team, including me, Ivana O'Brien. You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. 